0: Hello, I'm Mary Schuster, and this is the final episode of Pandemic Practices. More on that in a bit, but first we want to thank you, our listener, for your time spent listening to our guests, your feedback along the way, and for your advocacy of our little podcast that could. You're the reason our audience continues to grow, and you're the reason we'll continue to develop timely content about the things that matter the most to you. We've got some fun announcements ahead and even a giveaway, so stay tuned to the end of this episode. Perhaps the first thing to let you in on is this. Today's episode doesn't have a single guest. Instead, we've culled back through our interview archives to bring you some great tidbits we just couldn't fit into the original episode drop. So technically we've got many guests for you today. I promise this is no rehash episode. You'll hear brand new content like firsthand accounts from the front line and valuable tips for taking your business to the next level. In fact, let's pause here and listen to our very first guest, Bill Savota. You remember him and are by now familiar with his company, Clothes Simple. In addition to teaching us ways to streamline clothes and communication, Bill outlined a great exercise you can use with your team to identify your business's unique selling points and the best way to present this to potential customers. You might even get to try on the black cowboy hat as a momentary villain. Let's listen in.
1: This could get fun, Mary, if a title company does this. Get your processors or escrow, anybody, I don't care if it's sales team or your closing, your teams, though, get them into two teams, and then you do this. You go, okay, you right here are a company. Team A is us. Team B, though, is our competition. It's XYZ title down the street. Now, I want you to go over there and you go over there. You get two minutes to present what you do best, you get two minutes to present what you do best. Okay, so now you have the current company over here brainstorming, what do we do best? You know, team A. But then you got team B over here thinking aggressively about what does the competition do best? Like, what are they doing better than we are? Really, that's what they're thinking about. Then you come back, and then you go, what are we doing? And you whiteboard it. What do we do? What do they do? And then you go back right back to the teams and go, okay, now, understanding the competition, they understand us, we understand them. What can we do better than them? And now they whiteboard that. And then you come back together. We love watching villains. There's this rise in the anti-hero. Why do we like Breaking Bad? Because there's all little Walter White inside of us. Why was the Joker movie a hit? Because there's something bad within each of us too. You know, like there's a piece that we touch. So when you allow team B to actually be the villain, the competition, they're going to get super creative. And they're probably going to say stuff that everybody in the room knows, but you finally said. And now you go, okay, if they're doing that, we're not going to do the same thing. We're going to do something better. What does better look like? What does different look like? How do we change the game? We're not going to win doing the same way they do. So I love that little exercise
0: there. I love that too. That sounds great. And also after you bring them back together and say, okay, now what do we do better? New whiteboard, right? Nothing's going to sound crazy in this room. Right. Throw it out because a lot of times the differentiators, the hooks that cause brand loyalty aren't something that you'd think of. They're not obvious at all. But people love them. What is the
1: thing that makes your company remarkable, worth talking about? That's literally what remarkable means, worth talking about. Nobody drives 100 miles to try the best vanilla ice cream. That'd be stupid. But we will wait in a crazy long line for some crazy concoction. There's this ice cream place here in Minnesota. It's called Nelson's. If you ever come to Minnesota here, this is the place to go. And they have this ice cream, a child scoop. The kitty scoop is only like 5.50, maybe. And they give it to you in like this regular cup but their child their kitty scoop you cannot eat it all but what do people instagram what do people take pictures of what do people talk about how they have to order the kitty scoop because they can't order the adult one the line is out the door i can't go to nelson's without getting sticky they have this washing room kind of outside i feel bad for these little kids that kind of like they leave just a sugar mess but again nobody drives 100 miles for the best vanilla they will wait an hour to get a scoop of ice cream that's this tall for 650
0: right I would not guess, I'd be interested to talk with these folks, but I would not guess that any part of that was in their business plan. Their business plan was probably really good ice cream and really good customer service. And that's very similar to the Thailand settlement world.
1: They're selling the same ice cream that the next one. They use, I think the brand is like Cedar Crest. It's a brand that anybody can get at the grocery store. Again, let's go back to what I said, those three things that foundation in business. It's quality, customer care, and then customer control you know, the quality, they do a good job. It's good. But the care, the experience that they give is something that's through the roof.
0: It's special.
1: Yeah, that customer control, that customer feels like, ooh, this is something like I'm going to Instagram this. That's my challenge. What makes you remarkable? We're selling a commodity product. We are. We're selling that same ice cream the next place can. But what makes us worth waiting an hour in line for?
0: And we don't think often or hard enough. We do think about it, but I don't think we give it enough attention of how can it be special especially when it comes to closings, right? How can that be a special event? Yes. Whether it's in their car because you're taking care of them with COVID and handing things in the window on a stick or whether, you know, we get to new normal and we're all back around a table again. One
1: thing I love about the title industry during COVID was I think this was a great time when title started leaning into that white paper conversation, the Starbucks moment, the dreaming. I'm going, what could we do? And I think the next phase is really like, what is is remarkable look like? And title companies were already doing a good job with this, but I think there's another layer that we're going to start seeing. And it's exciting to start seeing title companies that grab this and the wind in their sails because realtors notice it.
0: I think Bill's right. As we emerge from this pandemic, the world may look a little different to all of us, but there's an opportunity in that. Now is the time to shift into a new way of thinking and build a customer experience that takes the best hard-won knowledge we've learned from this crisis and merges that with key traditional business practices we so missed this past year and bring them all together in a way that causes those realtors to take notice. Thank you again, Bill. We hope to have you back to share more insights and ideas soon. In line with the idea of finding what makes us the best in our own unique way, I want to jump over to Brooks Yeager. You'll remember he recounted his involvement in the history of digital closings from way back in the day to now and even offered a bit of a look forward. I wanted to make sure you got a chance to hear a part of his interview that we'd previously edited out for time's sake. He's got some great advice, whether you're just dipping your toe into the digital waves or if you took the plunge long ago. He also delves into different resources and how to use them together to create your one-of-a-kind closing experience. So enjoy some more great advice from Brooks. So if you have somebody who signed up during that initial onslaught, this I have to do this, I have to be ready, here it is, then they have only needed to do a few or not many at all, Would you recommend that they sort of walk away from it and wait for demand push to come from the lenders or the consumers or wherever? Or do you recommend they sort of keep their skills warm?
2: I'd say for those people, they absolutely should keep enough people familiar with the process in the event that they need it. And not only just that if they need it, but it is something that is going to pick up steam. It is going to slowly start to ramp up over the years. Is it ever going to be the most common way to close? I don't think so. Maybe in refi scenarios, it could. But when you're looking at a purchase, in most cases, the single biggest purchase somebody has in their life, I don't know that they really want to do that quickly, do it over a webcam. I think that the whole consummation process of going in, getting your questions answered, getting the keys handed to you, you want to go through that ceremony because it is such a big deal. But still something we're seeing today, one of the firestorm phone calls we still get will be, we're supposed to close on Friday. Seller has COVID. What can we do? Moving trucks are still coming. You know, The world's not going to stop because of, you know, it could be COVID. It could be somebody's out of town. There are scenarios out there that become firestorms. Certainly having a few people in your office that are familiar with the process to help with those until it becomes part of your general offering, you should definitely have people that are familiar with digital closings.
0: The second group of people I'd like to get your recommendations for, and that's an agent who maybe last spring, last summer, thought, yeah, I probably should do that, but I don't have time right now. We figured out other ways to do it. What should their posture be right now?
2: should start to incorporate digital closings one way or the other, and you've learned some of it, but I think it's kind of, what is a path? towards getting to the point where everybody's accepting it. You're doing full runs. Right now, IPEN, in-person electronic notarization, seems to be the most common type of digital closing where you are still face-to-face, but you're just eliminating that need to sign all the contracts in person. But I think everybody should be out there trying to figure out how do they take one step forward? Regardless of, did you stick your toe in the water? You've done absolutely nothing. It's looking at how do you get yourself on a path to start learning some of the processes, incorporating them, and realize some of the efficiencies that you can have. One of the best things you could do right now, Ron is still such a small piece of overall transactions, would be getting those preliminary documents out to the consumer in advance and having them sign those digitally. So having a process for doing that, because once you start down that road and getting into something where you're incorporating digital signing, that helps you go, okay, well, that made sense. We did those for preliminary documents. Now can we start incorporating those in other ways? And that will get you to the point where you can facilitate the four or five or what it ends up being, maybe 10 different types of digital closings down the road.
0: Well, and that's the good point in that one, you're, everybody's trying right now, and I think for a while to figure out how how to spend less time at the table, either because it's a health risk for the closer and the consumer and anybody that else that attends closing, but also if we're always looking to find more ways to, to book more closings because that's where we realize our revenue, right? So if, to your point, yeah, if you can have a closing processing center that is sending out for those consumers who want it, and I want to come back and touch on that in a second, sort of the prelim docs, the less critical docs, that could be a way to start to find more availability at the closing table because your closing should not take as long, right? So then, is at some point, is this going to become the predominant way that closings are done? Yes, no, maybe not today. Fine, fine. But I think, you know, we're hearing that, like anything else, this is not a one size fits all deal. And what I haven't heard yet, and maybe you know, is are agents, when they first engage with those borrowers and sellers pre closing, asking, would you like some or all or part of your closing to be done digitally before you come to our office or in lieu of coming to our office? Or are those conversations really left to the realtors and lenders who may or may not know that the title company even offers that. Have you seen people handling that or how do you recommend that they handle it?
2: I've seen a little bit of everything. We've seen title companies offering it and then we'll see the realtor step in and say, well, I'm not comfortable with this type of closing. You'll see the realtor start to offer it and maybe the title company isn't comfortable. I purchased a home back November of 2019. Pre-COVID obviously had familiarity with digital closings. So I went to the lender and said, hey, I would like to close digitally. Can we do that? Sure. The bank was certified on Pavaso. So I knew the bank knew how to do it. And so I kind of had all the parties in, in place and everybody was excited. They hadn't done one. But yeah, let's go through. Let's do a digital closing. And what happened in my scenario? was I said, you know what, this is going to take too much work for me to coordinate and get all the parties on board to do the digital closing, even though I was better equipped than anybody else to put this all together. But because it was my own transaction, I bailed out on it. And I tried both on the purchase side and selling of my home. I tried to get it all set up and it became too much work. But it can happen from any angle that we've seen a lot of scenarios where a bank will really try to incorporate a digital closing process and the loan officer will step in and say, I really need this to close. I don't want to have them trying something new. We're not comfortable enough with it right now. And so any one party can derail the train, but I do think everybody should be presenting it if they're comfortable with it because it is a great offering. And it can separate you. And it's a great selling point to give the realtor that option. And uh, if Inc. is on board with it too, it's a great way to separate yourself from the competition.
0: I agree. And that's part of why we keep revisiting this topic during the podcast is that it's there's such an opportunity and there's also such a need for education of the stakeholders so that they can get that comfort. And I think that this is a place where title and settlement is going to need to once again lead the way. Just like you do first-time home buyer educational seminars, just like you go teach the new realtors what title is and what a commitment looks like and does and what the closing is going to be like. And we teach them the closing disclosure form. I do think that if a company can make the time to do some educational sessions on these things, and I don't know, that might be something that Pavaso can help do in partnership with these companies and say, hey, we have this available. Not only do we have it available, here's how it goes. Here's what the experience is going to be like so that they have some knowledge, some foundation, understanding, so that at least if they have a borrower who says, I would like to do this, I would like to try this, there isn't just lean back, push back, oh no, 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 that sounds like a lot. I don't know if that's something that you guys recommend or have been engaged in. Everybody in the title and settlement world has been too busy to undertake those. But as we start looking forward, I wonder if that's something that could be valuable.
2: Absolutely. I mean I think you you nailed it right there, Mary. It's If I'm going to look at the 10 largest title agents using Povasso, those that run significant volume do the most digital closings. The, the thing that they absolutely do different than everybody else is they are pushing it, they've educated, but they are taking on the responsibility to coordinate everything. And that's one of the big issues you have is right with the lender not knowing all of what they need to do, even if they've certified a particular digital closing platform, you need to handhold them. You need to make sure that they're educated, they're comfortable with the process, and they know that you can facilitate it and keep everybody in line. You can remove that fear of, well, this is my big customer. I don't want to have this go wrong and removing all of those fears. But that's one thing that I'd say that the top 10 Pavasso title agents do is they really do a good job walking the lender through the whole process and taking as much of the burden off of them to ensure the closing happens on time.
0: Okay, yeah, so I think everybody's gotten fairly conversant now on the difference between Ron and Ren, and I think Pavasso has done a fabulous job of sort of becoming synonymous with remote online notaries and sort of that higher, more sophisticated digital closing tool for those that aren't as familiar with ready to close, do you want to take a couple minutes and talk about what its niche is and why is it different than Pavasso just in case somebody's not quite dialed in on the difference between those two?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, the preliminary documents, this is really the focus of Ready to Close, not only to deliver those documents in advance, kind of track to see, did the consumer open them up? Did they go in there and sign? But Ready to Close is also a tool that they can use for status updates and for the RamQuest customers. An offering we've had for years is Paperless Closer. I'd say that Ready to Close really offers some of the pieces of Paperless Closer, that ability to see where the file is in process, communicate with all the parties in advance. But most importantly is just giving them a very easy way to take their documents in RamQuest and deliver them to the consumer without using another portal. And then on the Pavasso side, that's really where you're getting into the actual closing, not specifically the preliminary documents, where because of our partnership, we do have a very good integration that allows the documents to flow from RamQuest into Pavasso. We even have a new, very cool piece that allows white text tagging, allows you to set up templates to get the title documents into Pavasso pre-tagged so that you don't have to go through that tagging process. The tagging process today is the most time-consuming component in a digital closing. I think everybody has gone through the process of signing a, something in DocuSign. So when you open up a DocuSign document and you agree to the e consent sent. They've set it up correctly. The, the next thing you get to do is adopt a signature or sign yourself and it takes you right to your signature line. You see your name and you're going to just click and it's going to insert your signature. Well, that signature getting to that point on the document has to be tagged. So the process of tagging is making sure everybody that needs to sign their designated signature blocks are dropped into all the documents in the right place. And that can take as much as, say, 15 minutes to do for title documents and 45 minutes for lender documents.
0: For a more in-depth look at white text tagging, you can listen to our interview with Jay Hollis, which dropped April 27. In fact, Jay offered a lot of great information, including a list of tips to select your digital closing partners. Here at the podcast, we were able to create a free downloadable guide based on his insights. You'll want to snag that from the show notes in his episode or this one, or over at ramquest.com forward slash pandemic downloads. Even if you've already started down the path of partner selection, grab this guide. It's sure to help. Thank you, Jay, and thank you, Brooks. We appreciate you both. Now, remember when I told you this episode would offer great tools and resources? Well, I've got another one for you. On the same webpage I mentioned earlier, ramquest.com forward slash pandemic downloads, you'll find another free download, this time recapping another podcast guest, Tyler Adams of Certify. Obviously, you know, learning all the ways technology can help gain efficiencies for your business is key, but we would be remiss not to consider those who use technology to create the chaos that is fraud. Tyler helped us with this topic, and his free download offers a look at what fraudsters are looking for, who's at the greatest risk, and specific tactics to protect your business. Again, you can find both Jay's and Tyler's free digital downloads on the show notes for their episode, the show notes for this episode, or at ramquest.com forward slash pandemic download. We've still got that big announcement and a fun giveaway ahead, but as we wrap up our look back at the many awesome guests we've gotten to chat with this season, I couldn't not include this extract from Brad Jones. He's the president of Secure Title of Kansas City and Missouri Secure Title, which is part of the Title Midwest family. And if you haven't yet listened to his episode, it's worth going back for. He really prepared amazing takeaways from his frontline experience dodging the pandemic and how to pick back up from a direct hit. So many of you found yourselves in a whole new world filled with remote workers and plexiglass protection. You'll relate to Brad as he recounts a never before heard anecdote that involves him donning a hazmat suit.
3: We implemented Microsoft Teams last January. In, in February, I was looking and said, well, I think we need to buy about 40, 45 webcams so that everybody has one. One of the people on, on the management team said, oh, we don't need to do that. In April, it was brought up again that we probably need to do that. I couldn't find a webcam in April. Oh, sure. That and disinfectant products. Yeah. In 35 years in this business, I would have never imagined that I would be spending thousands of dollars on disinfectant. Another thing that happened along the way and and happened pretty early on is we had some electrostatic cleaning done and having eight escrow offices and then a ninth office, that's our title production office. It wasn't cheap. We spent almost $5,000 having the offices cleaned in that one month. For those that don't know me, I'm I'm a little different. I think we all are. I looked at that and said, I'm not spending $5,000 a month on electrostatic cleaning. I found a company on the East Coast and because I'm a real estate broker, was able to buy a disinfectant product and a electrostatic cleaning uh, fogging machine. And I've chosen to do it in-house, if you will.
0: Now you have a new skill set.
3: I do. I do. And I've had employees laugh at me. I have to put on a full 3M. Hazmat suit with goggles and respirator, and you know I look like I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the moon or something. But we have to do what we have to do. And after watching that that electrostatic cleaning, and they had a young man that was a third party vendor come in, and I watched him through the window, and he spent about five minutes and was gone. And I was like, well, I think we can number one do a better job, and right. I've got it down to it costs us thirty one dollars an office now for me to do it myself, as opposed to a minimum of five hundred in office. That's kind of an interesting thing that has come of this. And looking at some ongoing things, I think it's going to bring a little higher attention to detail. It's not as if in our business, we were dirty by any means, because I take a lot of pride in our employees do. Again, the, the integrity of that closing and the experience. And I've always been one that when people come into our office, our lobby, our closing room, I want them to feel at home, be comfortable, You know, have a cup of coffee, water, snack, whatever. But we didn't sanitize every chair every item, every closing. You know, I think that's something we're going to have to look at going forward post-pandemic just for the health and safety of our employees, but the public and just the regular common cold or flu. We may, may be a lot more focused on disinfectant and cleaning during the winter months than we ever have been.
0: We tend to be, generally speaking, kind of some old dogs. We know what we know and we know what works. And this has made us learn not only new tricks, but learn them quickly. And then when you put us behind the eight ball and say, okay, we have to reframe our thinking on this and we'll have to figure out how can we do it? How can we make it the most effective? Most times your leaders are gonna rise to that challenge. Brad has certainly proven himself to be just such a leader, as have so many of you reframing that thinking and figuring out what you can do to ensure your customers receive the best closing experience possible. This past year has been nothing we could have imagined, but we see you, I see you, engaging with new technologies and practices, learning as fast as you can while turning out work faster than ever. You're what matters most to this industry and to this country because America couldn't have a home without you. Never forget that, friends. In fact, to make sure you don't forget, to ensure you have the resources you need and to keep you engaged with all the changes still ahead for the title and settlement industry, we're gonna make you a promise. We're going to be here with you every step of the way. When we started the Pandemic Practices Podcast, it was with an intention of reviewing which things we should retain or refine from the collective experience. But I think we've uncovered so much more together. So we're going to expand our horizons a bit and drumroll, please, Producer Amy, evolve from pandemic practices to a new podcast name. We've heard from so many of you about how the information we've been able to garner for you has as much in the precedented times and these past unusual months. So we've reached out to our industry leaders, to key business partners, and to subject experts on things ranging from technology to advocacy and beyond. We'll make sure we still bring you frontline stories that matter, And mix in some boots on the ground advice when it matters most. So with our very next episode, you'll see a new podcast title and a different cover graphic. We're excited to bring you the Commitment Matters podcast. If you've already subscribed to the podcast, you won't need to do a thing. We'll be there every other week with a few special edition episodes dropped in also when warranted. So send us the topics you want discussed and who you want to hear from. This podcast is about you your commitment to the hard work that you manage so gracefully every day. And it is for you, too. We'll be sure to bring you timely and vital information about the topics that matter most. We're so excited to continue this journey together with Commitment Matters. Oh, and the giveaway. I just kept teasing that, didn't I? Well, one lucky listener is going to win a free set of Apple AirPod Pros to use for their podcast habit. In our very next episode, the first labeled Commitment Matters, We'll include a link to a short survey in the episode show notes. Complete the survey for your chance to win. Now, don't forget to check this week's show notes for the downloads I mentioned, plus other relevant links and contact information for the guests we highlighted today. If you had a favorite interview or topic, let us know by emailing podcasts at remquest.com or share that episode on social media with the hashtag pandemic practices podcast. We really do love hearing from you. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a great new episode. And we promise to keep the good information, the great conversations, and hopefully even share a few laughs along the way. Until then, keep doing what you do so well. And let's start to put anything pandemic-y related in our rearview mirrors. And let's chart a new course ahead together. A little wiser, a lot more tested, and carrying with you a ton of pride in what you've accomplished. In other words, keep doing what you do because you know that what you do really matters.